Well, hello there, Menorah Missionary Baptist Church family. Good to be with you today. Uh, we want to do our midweek discussion. This week will be a little different, though, because this past Sunday, uh, January 9th, we had our pastoral candidate here preaching for us. He is the candidate for our missions music minister. Uh, Pastor Dave Arnold was here. If you did not hear his sermon, I'd encourage you to go to our website and listen to it in its entirety. It was a little different of a sermon than what we normally have here because I asked Dave to, yes, preach from the Word of God, but also to share some of his story so that our people would know who he is, kind of where he came from, to share his testimony, uh, how God has worked in his life, which can be a difficult thing. Um, because when we think about preaching, we think about taking a passage and dissecting that passage, right? We we study what the passage the passage says within the book of the Bible that we find it, but also within the broader context of Scripture. And what we do then is we dissect it and we get our points from that. And this is what we share, right? As we stand and preach and teach, <clears throat> it's not my job to share about my week or even what God has done in my life. It's to share with the people what God's Word says. Now, Sometimes it becomes applicable to share maybe a story that has happened to you that correlates with the passage or something, but I wouldn't say that was even the norm all the time. Our job is to share this, and so I know for me it would be a daunting task to go into a new place preaching to people I've never had the opportunity to preach before, and then the person in charge there say, okay, we want you to preach for us, but also correlate your whole story into it too. That would be, a, at least for me, a difficult a difficult task to do. And uh, I thought uh, Dave did a, a good job with uh, handling that. He preached from Acts chapter 13, uh, verses 1 through 4. And in Acts 13, verses 1 through 4, it really talks about Barnabas and Saul being sent off as, as missionaries to go and to plant churches, to share the gospel with, with a lost world there. And so Dave really used that as a jumping off point to talk about what God has done in his life. And so one of the things he, he mentioned was uh, Barnabas. He talked about Barnabas and how Barnabas is the encourager. How his name means encourager and encouragement. And he shared how in his life, if you guys remember, he shared how in his life he had somebody who kind of served as a Barnabas in his life who was an encourager to him. And it, I believe what he said, it, it was a Young Life uh, leader. Yeah. So it, it sounded like, it kind of had me confused. I can't remember what was the guy's name. Do you remember what the guy's name was? Was it Stu? Stuart. Yeah, he said Stuart, but then he said, she just kept bugging me to go. I think I'm that like, was the person that invited <laughs> him to Young yeah. Life. And then Stuart was the leader that he met I just there. remember thinking, I've never heard Stuart as a girl's name. That's interesting. <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, and then I finally caught on. I'm like, okay, wait a second. A friend of his invited him to Young Life. I didn't and know there, that was a gender neutral name. <laughs> yeah. There he met Stuart. But he was talking about how Stuart in his life um, took notice of him. You remember and said, uh, didn't just see him at Young Life, but then was like, hey, do you have a Bible? I noticed you're here. Never seen you have a Bible. Do you have a Bible? No. Next week, had him a Bible, right? And then, hey, what are you doing? And showed an interest and in, like actually went to the mall or something with him, which to us today sounds very weird. Uh, but back then was the norm, I guess, as well. Uh, but again, just showing this interest. I bring this up because 
I think all of us as Christians, I would guess, I mean, I don't want to generalize, but I would guess that all of us have Christians, have people in our life that we could look back to who the word that I would use is discipled us and helped to encourage us in our in our faith. Some maybe had a small part in that. Some maybe a bigger part in that. But we do see then our how we should be willing to do the same, hopefully, you know, where where we have people in our life as Christians where we're we're looking out and uh, praying that God would give us people that we can help minister to, people that we can disciple and encourage. And for most of us, for most of us it's not going to be 40 or 50 people at a time. I don't think it should should be that. But for a lot of us it might be it might be another kid on your kid's soccer team. Right? That you take a liking to and you're like, oh, this is your buddy, you know, and oh, it's his birthday. Let's get him something and whatever it might be. And maybe that that kid's family now becomes somebody you're trying to talk to and and love on and care for. Um, How about you guys in your life? Um, Maybe maybe somebody comes to your mind right away. I don't know that maybe you'd like to share about who who did this in your life. You feel like they just kind of invested in you and looking back now, you see how God really used that person to encourage you in the faith and to help grow you in the faith. You guys got anybody that comes to your mind right away? There's a guy in my life named Vess Chancellor. What's his name? Vess, V-E-S, oh, Chancellor. Okay. That's int- is that short for something, do you know? No. Oh. That's just his name. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> well, I've never heard that name. Yeah, but he he was a... Uh, he was a high. Uh, he had just graduated from high school, but had recently become a Christian, a couple of years before me. But had just kind of, you know, he had grown a lot. But he took it upon himself. I was in middle school at the time, so like I was just starting to go to church because somebody had invited me. Very similar to Dave, and so, but he started. A, it, we called them D groups, discipleship groups that the youth were organized into. And he asked me if I wanted to come to his because I had a few friends that went to his. And later in life, uh, like after I became a Christian, he told me that pretty much every one of those meetings, he basically just shared the gospel because he knew that I and several other guys weren't Christians. Yeah. And uh, But once I did become a Christian, he really took me under his wing. Uh, he would take me going to, to evangelize places and uh, to share the gospel with people. But he would also, this was back when we had CDs, and he would just give me CDs that he had copied of sermons that he thought I should listen to. He would give me books um, that he thought I should read. He would just call me, ask me how I was doing, hold me accountable. Um, yeah, no, it sounded very similar, actually, to what Dave described. Would he go to Napster to download these sermons and put it on <laughs> CD? Or? I, no, I think a, the, most of them were from Desiring God. Uh, okay. and John Piper, oh, and uh-huh. you can download most of those oh, for can free. You? Oh, I didn't yeah. know yeah. yeah, so he would download those and just burn them onto a CD mm-hmm. and give them to me. Yeah. How mm-hmm. old How old were you then? I was in seventh grade. Oh, okay. Seventh and then like into eighth grade, mm-hmm. and I became a Christian when I was a freshman. Okay. So he was just, that was it, you know, like all, all the sermon stuff, that started happening after I became a Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but I mean, he was he was spending time with me, right? Inviting me to go to things like this D group that we would do together, and mm-hmm. you know things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. 
Anybody come to your mind, Spencer? I mean, I mean, just... I've had a whole. I guess, in a sense, I've had a whole series of people. Yeah, me too. Um, if I'm thinking, uh, particularly if I'm thinking about people that were maybe more mature Christians than I was, but who had an influence on my life, would be first of all my parents. Yeah. Um, and then second of all, whenever I, uh, um, well, honestly, my wife. And so she's, yeah, I, you'd I, probably be in trouble without her. I mean, just being I mean, honest. Duh, <laughs> duh. I tell her that. I am. Listen, you'd, you'd listen. Be really I went skinny. from. You'd be really skinny without. I her. went straight from mama to Courtney. Okay, so that's just my life, and God knew I needed that. Okay. Um, second, of, and then after those, uh, you know, so my parents, my wife, but then in particular during seminary, my pastor of my church was Andrew Willis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I did an internship with him, but then just he would just i mean it wasn't like um he would just say hey let's go to panera and we was just talking a lot of times it wasn't even spiritual stuff we were both interested in politics and Mm -hmm. history but just being around him yeah yeah. um Mm -hmm. and going to the pastor's Mm -hmm. conference and just all that stuff and then uh during my first pastorate uh leroy cole who still is that kind of guy and a guy also there named sam weingarten who uh just a really mature christian so people like that, um, that I've just really, there are people that I always, if I ever have questions, I call, I would, you know, I turn to those people. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, that's just the way it was and just being around them and, and seeing the way they live their lives. That was, uh, those, those, those are the kind of the group of people in my life that have been really formational, I think. Mm. Yeah. I know some of those guys that you mentioned, uh, not as long as you have, but they just have that quality about them. Yeah. Some of them yeah. where when they're talking to you, you seem like they, it seems like they care, like yeah. honestly care. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's a, that's an awesome thing <laughs> that just to jump on that real quick. The thing I think that at least in my story, what sounds like in Dave's, even in your Spencer is the people that really help us grow in our faith and disciple us like that. They don't really seem to be the people who have an elaborate discipleship program that's figured out. Right, yeah. right. And they basically just find people to plug into their program and do everything that their expertise tells them to do, and then they graduate, and boom, you got a disciple. Right. right. They mm-hmm. seem to be the type of people who they genuinely just want to be of use to the Lord and to other believers mm-hmm. and to help them grow, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's by encouragement, just taking them out to sit with them, giving them good resources that they know, like, hey, I'm listening to this to grow. You should listen to it too. Right. You know, kind of thing. And that that's a lot of what mine was. Mm-hmm. And um, and that just seems, I think sometimes when we talk about being a Barnabas to somebody else or trying to disciple other people, we think about some kind of big, crazy program. Mm. And it's usually not that. Right. Yeah. And how many of those programs come across our desks and our computers all the time? You know, just do this program. Emails all the time. It's, right. it's constant. And you're, and you're exactly right. I, I really liked what you said there, Scott, because one of the things that came to my mind was in chapter 11 is when Barnabas goes to Antioch. And we're just, it, and it's interesting, Barnabas there, he, he goes to Antioch, he sees the work there. He it says he's glad about what God's doing. He's encouraging them to remain faithful. He's a good man, we describe. So honestly, instead of having a discipleship program, we need to be the kind of people who can be disciplers in mm-hmm. general. Be like, and then what does he do? He looks around and says, "Hey, we could use some help here. I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go get Saul." So then he goes and gets Saul from Tarsus. I don't know that he was intentionally thinking, 
had this preconceived plan yeah. for what Tarsus the, or the church in Antioch could be. Yeah. It was he was just sincerely wanting to serve the church and thought, hey, here's a place where I know Saul, he could probably come here and help us out. Mm-hmm. And then let's go get him. And he comes and everything happens. So, I mean, I think that's a wonderful example of how the Holy Spirit has a plan oftentimes. We don't know what that is, but God is using um, the love of Christians mm-hmm. um, and the concern that we should have for other people mm-hmm. in his plan ultimately to change them into the image of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, story would be the same kind of as Spencer's having tons of people in my life. I feel I've really been blessed with that. I think that's one of the benefits of growing up with Christian parents uh, who take their faith seriously and have you in church regularly is uh, in this church here that we're in now, I had tons of people who loved me and seemed to care for me. Um, My parents being big, and I say that purposefully because I think sometimes as parents, we seem to forget the importance we have in our children's lives when it comes to discipleship, or we think we're failing uh, because not every day are we pounding a catechism down their throat, you know, or don't, scripture. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. Don't pound it down. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, yeah. there's been plenty of times you lay your head down at night and you're like, well, skip family stuff again tonight, devotions tonight. Yeah. My kids are going to be heathens, you know. Uh, and we worry about that, but just seeing, for me, seeing my parents do their best to be faithful and what that looked like in our home. I, my parents, you know, my dad's not a pastor or anything, and my mom would sing, and my dad ended up becoming a, a deacon and asked to be a deacon at the church, but just to see how they would do that, both working but still being faithful, huge impact in my life, uh, my father-in-law was a big impact in my in my life and ministry-wise of like what it looks like to try to pastor and stuff. But even just, I just think about regular church members who would come to some of my games. I remember, you know, like getting ready to warm up for a basketball game and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden there's Randy Thomas who goes, he's my Sunday school teacher. And all of a sudden he's at Ida coming to sit and watch me play a basketball game. It's like, that's... That's pretty cool. Like he did not have to do that, but mm-hmm. he's going to come and do that. Those little things that just make an impact in a kid's life. Mm. But that told me as well, and I might not have articulated it like this back then, but told me they actually do care about me. And all this stuff that they're teaching me actually is real to them. You know, that they would go out of their way and, and do this stuff. And so uh, I think it's just something that we need to, uh, for me, Personally, I need to keep focus on because I can get into all the nicks and crannies of scripture and the teaching and stuff, and it becomes easy to put those little things aside, you know, to say, actually, what's more important is you know theology and you do bam, and you're right. And it's like, well, sometimes I just need to show somebody else I care about them, <laughs> you know, have lunch with them, or, and like you said, have lunch with them, and it's not to ask them, so what are you sitting? You know, what's their struggles? <laughs> Not that. Just to say, how's work going? You like that burger? I like. I love this burger. You know, or whatever. Right. Right. And, and just show them that you care. Uh, but I, I'm thankful for the upbringing that God has blessed me with to have a lot of people in my life who's really cared and 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 discipled me. Um, what else did Dave talk about? He talked about um, 
what's the word? I want to say melody, med- but it's not med- medley. medley. A medley. A medley. He talked about how the church has a, a medley of people, and mm-hmm. the the people that we have there in um, in Acts thirteen, how some are from Africa, some are from Israel. Right? You have a you kind of had a wide range of people at this church, and um, how they saw it as a, important to to send, but. What I wanted to bring up, you guys were talking, it reminded me of this in his sermon. Because it says in there, I think I have this pulled up on my on my phone here. Doesn't it say, while they were worshiping? Mm-hmm. He'd mentioned that. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. And he brought up the point, he, he defined worshiping for us. I don't know if you guys remember this. He said, what worshiping means there is as they were going about serving the Lord faithfully in their life on a day-to-day basis. He said, this isn't them necessarily gathering and singing and hearing a sermon and going. This is as they went to work, as they lived their life, God then had called them to go and do this. I found that to be so important because I think he hit on something that we've been talking about here that Pastor Spencer had a, a whole thing on vocation that I'm I'm... I know that you hit on in that is how God works in our life and calls us to things as we are being faithful to the daily tasks that he has called us to be faithful in, right? These guys weren't just sitting in a room praying Mm -hmm. and praying for 48 hours, 72 hours, and then all of a sudden God poured out on them, send Barnabas and Paul and go. It was while they were doing their daily activities and being just a faithful church all of a sudden, God was like, hey, we need to send these two out to replicate this here, and then they'll go here, and then they'll go here. And again, I think we minimize that. We minimize the normal, everyday grind of being a Christian, but how how we can be faithful in that grind and how it actually gives glory to God being faithful in that. And the word is worshiping well, mm-hmm. right? When we think of worshiping well, we think of, again, the singing, the preaching, the gathering, but the worshiping on a continual basis of our life and how mm-hmm. God will work in that um, to show us things that he desires for us to do. Uh, what do you guys, I don't know if you guys caught that in the message, but I've, that jumped out at me when he, when he talked about that. I remember, that sounded weird. I remember he said, he, he gave us the, the, the root of where we get our word worship. Mm-hmm. And it's an old English word, I think, of, uh, it's called worship. It's and it's essentially you ascribe worth to something, uh, and you show you show or you declare or you praise its value, and you you give value to it. Not in the sense that God is not valuable when we don't worship Him, He is. It's more of a recognition of the value that's there, and we don't just do that in our singing. You're right. We we do that in every. We can do that in every aspect of our lives, mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's definitely true that we should recognize that they the church in antioch was praying and they were fasting oh absolutely that wasn't absent from the church and so um but yes i mean what you have is a picture of the church here who is a medley of people from all kinds of different backgrounds and they've they've come together to ascribe worth to god um and so that i remember him saying that in his sermon Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah, I think that's a, a the verse comes to mind. Um, uh, was it First Corinthians ten? Whatever, whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Um, I was reading just today a book by Paul David Tripp, and one of the things he said in it 
was that life is not made up of a series of just huge, big moments. It's made up of thousands of little ones. And that's helpful because sometimes in our spiritual lives or our, or our family life, whatever, we if we think life should just be a constant stream of really big, momentous, important, consequential events, we're going to be disappointed because in the ord- the way a life actually works is it's a series of what we think are very small, inconsequential events. And that's what's kind of going on here is these people are being faithful in all of the really small ways, the ordinary ways, the unexceptional ways. There are exceptional seasons in our lives. There are big moments that we can probably see, especially as we look back. But um, life is is not that way ordinarily. And so I like the fact that it's they're being faithful as a church um, in all of the ordinary uh Ways and by ordinary we don't mean, um, by ordinary we don't mean unimportant. We just mean the normal course of things, and actually the normal course of things is what God God normally blesses. Yeah. So a faithful dad. If I want to be a faithful dad, I feel like this is how a lot of Christians live their life. Yeah. I'm going to be a faithful dad. I'll be there when the kid is born, and I'll be there each birthday. That's it. Right. But I'm faithful. It's the big things. Right. right? Maybe when they graduate. Uh, come when something big is going on, but the rest of the time, no, that's that's ridiculous. Right. right, that's a ridiculous thing to think about. A faithful dad, yeah, is there for those momentous occasions, but most of this kid's mm-hmm. life, like you said, isn't a birthday, right, or isn't a graduation. It's getting the kid up, yeah. getting them to school, picking them up from this, picking them up from that, coming home, spending time with your yeah. like. That's that is faithfulness, and most parents would say. Just another. How'd your week go? Just another, another week, right. another boring right. week. And yeah, yeah, I think like so carrying on that example, right? You think I'm a parent? I've got to be a good uh, parent if I plan awesome vacations every single time for my kids. We go and have true story. Yeah, <laughs> true story. He's never had a vacation with a kid. What are we talking about? <laughs> no, or like, I do plan awesome vacations with my kids. Or like, I make a plan for them, and then I make a plan for me. <laughs> oh boy, we're all taking a vacation. Um, you know, but I think, or like you're saying, Tim, like I'm gonna do this or these really big things. But the reality is, is our kids oftentimes. I don't know if this is from a sitcom I saw or something like that, but I remember one time, and it's so true, right? That's where we should learn all life's lessons. (laughs) This is true. I don't remember. (laughs) Some black and white sitcom. But it's like, (laughs) I love Lucy. (laughs) Bunch of meanies. (laughs) But, uh, But like, as a kid, you were just impressed that your parents could drive a car. Mm hmm. To you, that was a huge deal. Now, your parents are driving, we're driving cars now, right? We're thinking, this is no big deal, and it's boring, and I'm just talking to you, whatever. But to you as a kid, yeah, going on vacation's fun, doing all these big things is fun, but why don't we just draw together or just listen to the radio in the car together or talk or just go do something really mundane or go to the grocery store together or take you to the hardware store? Mm-hmm. Those things actually are probably going to have a... <laughs> If we looked at them through eternity, they're probably going to have a bigger impact upon the kid and us mm-hmm. than all of the things that we thought were going to be so consequential. Yeah. And so you just really have to flip the way that you're interpreting reality, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Well, again, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to Dave's sermon. 
Again, he'll be here this coming Sunday, which is the 16th of January. Uh, he'll be leading music during worship that time, and then we'll be voting the next the next Sunday. Uh, but I thought Dave did a wonderful job. I really did, really good job. Um, I was was glad, was edifying. Uh, so again, go back and listen to his sermon if you have if you have not done that. Well, this will uh, do it then for our midweek uh, discussion. I really do hope that you have a a blessed week, and we hope to see you this coming Sunday. God bless.